You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 181 of the Grave Plot Podcast. This is Skeletoni. This is Taylor of Terror. The way I was like leaned in and I had like my hands on the keyboard, I felt like I was like Ray Charles or something. <laughs> this is, I don't think we've ever done an episode without headphones. Not on purpose. This is weird. I got, I'm not sure like how loud I'm talking or <laughs> it's like, am I talking loud? <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. What do I do with my hands? Uh, anyway. Uh, hey guys. Welcome back to the show. Um, it's Friday, and uh, you know what that means. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's it's fucking hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot tonight. All right. All right. Yep. Bouncing souls. Yep. Yep. It's hot in the city. Hot in the city tonight. Tonight. There you go. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Oh, I'm gonna unmute this now. Okay. Uh, how's it going, Taylor? Not so bad. Yeah. What's up? Uh, getting ready to go on vacation here. Yeah, yeah. Driving across half the country. Well, less than half. Third. Was it like fourteen-ish hours? I think it's like twenty. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot of time in the car. We're stopping halfway through. Like for the night. Or yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never driven. Uh, east. Well, only driven north or south. So I, I don't know what that experience is like. Yeah, the farthest east I've ever driven is just eastern Washington. Yeah, me too. Um, never even gone to like Idaho or anything like that. I've been to Coeur d'Alene, but it's yeah. practically Washington. I know uh, one year, it was my dad's 50th birthday, and we had like like my dad's whole family. Like They, they all live in L.A., and... Um, LA. And we've all we, we flew down to Las Vegas. They drove out and met us there. Um, but then my sister and a couple of her friends drove from from here to Las Vegas. And they I think they drove through Colorado and maybe even Utah. Like I don't know. I can't that that area of the map is like it gets fuzzy in my head. <laughs> I think on Always Sunny when Mac's like circling the places that he wants to sail around the world. Right. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what goes on over here. <laughs> anyway. So just you just want to sail around Philadelphia then. <laughs> I tried to talk her into uh driving down to New Orleans earlier this year, but she wasn't having it. Yeah, that's a shame. Because she was like seven months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I figured she probably wasn't up for much of anything, man. Yeah. I was just, you know, sitting in the car. 
Especially when she was that pregnant, it was rough. Yeah, how long is that drive? Uh, how long was it? I want to say it's like four thousand hours. It was it was surprisingly short. I can't remember exactly how much it was, and if we like drove straight through, it was totally doable. But I don't know. It was just a something I floated to her, kind of half jokingly, but. Um, we're actually talking about going down to LA in a few months, though, to show the the kid to my family. So, just drive by, just see, like, here he is. just hang him out the window. Okay, we gotta go home now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was just telling you earlier that that whole thing, it's it's like a lot of planning. It's like you know when it was just me or the, like the two of us, just like. You know what? Let's go on a trip. Let's get some plane tickets and just you know get get an Airbnb somewhere and just go on a trip. But now it's just like, I mean, because we've got the dogs and we've got the the one that's paralyzed, so he needs extra care. Um, and now we've got him, and it's like okay, so we have to get a place, or so we have to get an extra plane ticket for him because if he needs to sit in a seat of his own, like in the car seat, if the seat's not open then he can't, he doesn't have a place to go. Yeah. Uh, and then it just, the, the thought of flying with a baby is dread. Huh? Dread. Yeah. Kind of. But I was telling you, it's like, I can't make that drive anymore. It's like 17 hours. And unless you stop for the night, it's so brutal because about 90% of the drive is just nothing. Like in Washington, it's just forest. Just greenery. Uh, and then once you hit, like... Actually, most of Oregon's that same way, but once you get into California, almost the entire drive is just, like, desert. And yeah. Land. So, I was like, she was looking at different paths to Colorado, and she's like, well, we could go through Wyoming. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks from Wyoming. <laughs> a lot of exciting things going on in... <laughs> Uh, what's even a town in Wyoming? Laramie. There you go. <laughs> Exciting things going on in Laramie, Wyoming. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know much to talk about. You started working back in the office. A couple days a week. Yeah, not full time. But How's that been? Okay. Is it weird being back? It's it's kind of weird, mostly just because no one's there anymore. <laughs> like, like I don't know if it's just because like only certain people are working at certain times, or if they just like let a bunch of people go. But all the times I've been in, it, the office is basically empty. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm I'm on paternity leave right now, and I, I I've been working from home since all, all this started, um, and now I think people are starting to slowly trickle back into the office. Um, but right now, I'm on paternity leave, so I'm I'm working a couple days a week, but uh, I'm still working from home. Um, but I don't know what the plan is because I go back in August, uh, and I don't know what what the plan is. For me, I mean, like, I, I could still work from home if I wanted to, I guess. 
Oh, there's there's the baby in the background if you can hear him. Um, and uh, yeah, like they were talking about like a reopening plan as far as like the the, the company goes. Um, so I'm not really sure where all it stands. I'm assuming that after June 30th, our boss is just going to be like, okay, everybody get your ass back in the office. Oh yeah, your boss is special. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me that why all these companies are like, all right, time to go back in the office. Because I'd be like, you know what? Why are we wasting money on an office space if all these people can work from home? That's that's uh, what at least my team has done. Because um, we were in our main office, which we were leasing out from uh, the Seattle Housing Authority. Like it's like a low-income apartment building but we were leasing out this office space in there um and that's where my team was based until i moved to our our location down where i live um so i was working remotely from my team but we got booted out of that location because they wanted to renovate it and making more units out of it um so basically everybody that worked in that building was dispersed to our other locations and my team, the plan going forward is that if we, so we'll, we'll meet on a weekly basis, just doing zoom or uh, teams meetings as you know, as we've been doing because everybody else, everybody's working remotely and has been for the last year. Um, and if there's ever a time where we need to get together and meet in person, our parent company has like kind of like uh daily office space for people like just open desks that like if you're gonna if you need a place to work for the day you come in and you basically reserve a desk um so that is like the case if if our team ever needs to get together for a meeting that everybody would come into you know headquarters and work there for the day and then just go back home after that so i don't know it's weird um because i kind of straddle two different departments so I'm not entirely a member of one team or the other. So I don't really know where I stand. Like I still have my, cause I have in our remote location, the one that I moved to a few years ago, I have my own office and my office is still there, at least to my knowledge. Um, so I could go back there at any point, but it's probably a Starbucks by now. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird that we've gotten so used to how things be how things turned out during all this that like going back to normal seems weird. Yeah. But I mean like yeah, June 30th, state of Washington is going I mean like all the mandates are being dropped. No mask mandate, no mandate. Makes me think of two men on a date. <laughs> It's a very obscure office reference. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, cool, 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 cool. Anything else new? Um, no, I don't think so. Neat. Well, fatherhood's going well. You know, I'm just tired all the time. <laughs> you know, what else is new? 
Yeah, you may have heard the baby in the background. He's in the other room. Yeah. Uh, he, like, babies are so fickle. Like, they'll just transition from being happy and smiling and all that and then just losing their fucking shit, like, at the drop of a hat. Um, and it's like, there's no reasoning with babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's the <most> agitating thing. <laughs> that, that's that's your biggest takeaway from fatherhood so far. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's like when he's like just screaming about nothing. I mean, and nothing. Uh, and it's just like, hey, you, shut up. How's <laughs> that go over? But he doesn't shut up. <laughs> um, but. No, he's you know he's the joy of my life. <laughs> I love you, I love him more than anything. He's a little gift from heaven. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, on with the show. On with the show. This is it. Before we get into the main meat, the meaty element of the show, <laughs> big meaty clackers. <laughs> The big sweaty meaty. It is going to be sweaty meat today. So sweaty. <laughs> you, you like sweat, don't you, Tony? <laughs> I'm sitting here talking and otherwise doing nothing, and I'm fucking sweating. This is bullshit. <laughs> uh, before we get into things, I uh, want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These. Beautiful folks uh, help finance this little dog and pony show that we run here. Uh, it's not expensive. We don't have a lot of overhead, but it does cost money, and we don't have a lot of it, especially now. I have a kid. I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, these, these lovely folks uh, help ease the burden. Uh, they are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from uh, the bottom of our hearts, from us to you, and, you know, out into the world. We we spread the love into the world. (laughs) It's the circle of love. Um, That's all what I... Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? Then go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive perks, including joining us live for Horror Business. We are live on Discord right now uh, to no one. But if you want to shell out a dollar, you can join us. You can uh, join us in a chat, get your stupid thoughts read live on the air. I mean, maybe, depending on how stupid they are. Probably real stupid. (laughs) If they're real stupid, we'll probably read them and make fun of you. Yeah, just get real stupid. With <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's different tiers for different dollar amounts, up to $100, for which I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. There you go. Still out there. Still no unicorn, guys. This is a, a, a problem. It's a travesty. I have a bare ass. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, as long as I've known Taylor, I've never seen his ass. Don't want to. But it's just weird. You know, that's just kind of thing, something that, like, when you're friends as long as we have. Especially since we live together. Yeah. Never actually yeah. walked in on each other. 
none of that goofy like no perfect strangers type stuff <laughs> what's oh shit what's, what was the perfect strangers theme standing tall that's right i was gonna be like everywhere you look then i was like no that's no, wrong. That's, it's wrong shut idiot. up don't say that <laughs> Standing tall on the wings of my dreams. That's all I remember. Something, something about Keybar Takamas. Yeah, that's probably that's probably <laughs> close. Oh, I think the first part was Cousin Larry. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, before we get into horror business, just want to mention that uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Renewed. Time. Yeah, renewed for season four. I mean, I think we all kind of knew. Not bad for a guy who said he was going to do it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he was fully expecting to. Um, but then, And Shudder was like, here's some money. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, that did really well. I think we got them. I think their membership probably skyrocketed when they did that. Oh, yeah. I mean, considering like how bad it, it crashed when they f- did the first one. Oh, yeah. That sucked. I was so mad. Um. And then once it, like, if you were able to finally watch it, it was just so out of sync. Like, you could be watching something that happened, like, an hour ago. Or, like, because it's pre-recorded, you know, you might be getting something that is, like, ahead of schedule. Like, you you never knew exactly where in time you sat. And it's like, if you're trying to, like, follow along with other people watching on, like, Twitter or something, it's just, like, it's all over the place. Yeah. Mixed in with people saying, hey, I can't fucking watch it. (laughs) Right. But that hasn't been the problem for many years at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah. Joe Bob. Mojo Bob. That's, that's what they call that's it. That's the all. tagline. Uh, yeah, Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Girl. Be back for season four. I uh, don't know when, but I believe it comes with another set of uh, holiday specials. And, I'm sure. And this and that. Uh me, me and the boy watched our uh, first Joe Bob together the other day. Yeah, did he enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> we watched Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop Two. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Our business. Oh, let's do. God damn it. Standing tall. Now it's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> All episode. Starting out in real world horror. Um, well, I should have read this. This is a lot of stuff. <laughs> God, you're the fucking worst. <laughs> Isn't it my consummate professionalism that really <laughs> did, impresses you? Did I mention we're consummate professionals? <laughs> Uh, Dude, I, we might have to go to that Floggy Molly Me first show. You, you gotta buy it. <laughs> I already paid for tickets. It's like, can I not pay for the Violent Femmes? Because I really don't care about the Violent Yeah, Femmes. I know one Violent Femmes song. <laughs> Is it Blister in the Sun? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's... Guys, before I get into this, just want to say that, like, you know, last year... There were no concerts, of course. <laughs> this year, there are so many. There are concerts. all the concerts. <laughs> and not only can we not afford to go to them all, uh, but we don't have time to go to them all. 
especially now because I have a child. <laughs> I mentioned that to my wife the other day. I'm like, hey, remember last year how there were no concerts and we didn't have a kid? <laughs> well, this year there are so many concerts and now we have a kid and I can't go to any of them. I know Rise Against is going to announce new dates soon, too. And I imagine they're going to be coming here. Motherfuckers. <laughs> we're going to the Hella Mega Tour. I think that's what it's called. Because hey, you had tickets to that before. Yeah, this was me in uh, summer last year. And then it got pushed back, I think, and then just completely delayed till September, I think. So we're going to that. And then she's going to... Dashboard confessional in October. I got her tickets for that for her birthday. And then, yeah, we're going to Alkaline Trio in November. But then there's Flogging Molly and Dropkick Murphy. No, sorry, Flogging Molly and. Me first in the Gimme Gimmies. And then Dropkick Murphy's and Rancid. It's like, I want to go to all these. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And, and they're all so I, close together. And then, like I said, Rise Against will probably be coming around the same time. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So, uh, over in the Maryville. Indian Residential School, uh, which was operated by the Roman Catholic Church from 1899 to 1997. So you already know we're in trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah, because demons and ghosts and stuff, they fucking hate the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> That's true. So many possession movies are always Roman Catholic. Right? Uh, let's see. Uh, it's in the... Uh, Cowasis area? Wait. Fuck. In the area where the Cowasis is now located in southeastern Saskatchewan. Okay, the Cowasis First Nation, so uh, a native tribe. I don't know if that's the right term. I believe so. I mean, if they're not like an organized tribe, I mean, do they call themselves a tribe? I guess just the Cowasis people. Sure. Or, you know, the First Nation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, so here they discovered 751 unmarked graves, uh, which were, were found at this residential school. You know, one grave at a school is troubling. <laughs> yeah. 751 is um, it's frightening. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think yesterday she was watching that the, the Low Files. I don't know what that is. Rob Lowe and his sons uh, mounting for Bigfoot or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Fucking Rob Lowe. <laughs> uh, she. When you think of Rob Lowe, who's the first person that comes to your mind? Benjamin. Benjamin from Wayne's World. Oh. Parks and Rec. Yeah, Chris Traeger is the first one that comes to my mind. Um, and then Tommy Boy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Wayne's World, I watched that movie more times than I could possibly count in my childhood. So just... Okay, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, for me, it's always Chris Traeger, so it's always like, literally? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're, I forget what they're doing. They're some building that's supposedly haunted or whatever the hell. Um, and they're sitting out front talking about the land that it's on. And, you know, to an extent, I mean, I don't, I've been over this many times. Everybody knows, regular listeners know that I, I don't believe in ghosts. I think it's ridiculous. But what he was saying made a lot of sense. The fact that, uh, like, uh, there's like a friend of theirs that, that goes on hunts or whatever they call them with them. 
He's saying that this was, you know, Indian, you know, a native land. Does he have a goofy nickname? I feel like somebody like that needs a goofy nickname, like I, like I, Skip or Boner. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. I, I I tried to pay as little attention as possible. Um, but he's saying that, uh, you know, this was all native land way back when, and it was on a hill, this building that they're on. And because native tribes considered hills to be holy land because they were closer to, you know, heaven or, or, or whatever, whatever the, the native version of heaven is. Um, and he's uh, like, so they would bury their dead on hills. So the likelihood of this building being built on an Indian burial ground is very it's high. pretty fucking high. <laughs> I'm like, that makes sense. It's Thank probably. you, Boner. <laughs> Thanks, Scoots. <laughs> Scoots McGinty. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Kaosis First Nation said the discovery was the most significantly substantial was most significantly substantial to date in Canada. Yeah, because this isn't the first time they found a bunch of unmarked graves at a school. Like, isn't the first time this year? <laughs> Yeah, uh, like just weeks ago, here down at the bottom, it says weeks after the remains of 215 children were found at a similar school in BC. Children specifically, it's like they just kids just die. Like, oh well, just bury them there. <laughs> bury the boy. Bury the boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean it, it's it stems from like abuse and stuff, and I, I think a lot of it is that these were native children and it was racially motivated. Sure. Yeah. Um. Let's see, this is not a mass grave site. These are unmarked graves, said Cowess's chief Cadmus Delorme, or Delorme, I don't know. Uh, an estimated 6,000 children died while attending these schools, due in large part to the squalid health conditions inside. Uh, they were often, students were often housed in poorly built, poorly heated, and unsanitary facilities. Sounds very familiar. Like the kids being held at the border. Yeah. It's funny how this, uh, you know. What was that? What was that? No, no. Uh, but these, you know, self proclaimed advanced civilizations, you know, like North America, how they just are so, like, shitty. Shitty. <laughs> shitty to, I mean, minorities. But. That's a, that's a whole discussion. Um, Chief Delorme, Delorme, I don't know. Delorme sounds better. Delorme does sound better. It's got a little stank on it. <laughs> it's, it's got a little uh, a little je ne sais quoi. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Chief Delorme said that there may be may have been markers on the graves at one point, but that the Roman Catholic Church, which oversaw the cemetery, may have removed them. <laughs> Obligatory. You only moved the headstones. <laughs> Which, like, you know, considering the thought of, like, Indian burial, burial grounds on hills, like, this was all native land. Where we're sitting right now, this was native land mm -hmm. at one point. So it's like, who knows where they were burying their dead? Yeah. It's like, you know, at, 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 you have to assume with all the native people that when, when they first migrated from Asia to North America and started 
splitting off into different tribes across the entire nation, you know, across the entire um, continent. Uh, it's like there's a lot of dead people in that time, presumably. I, I doubt they were living for hundreds of years at a time. Um, but it's like there. I mean, theoretically, all the people who were there then are dead now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> um, but like, there's probably more dead people than there are alive people. Exactly. Um, but you know, there were, there's absolutely like just in this area alone, probably dozens, if not hundreds, of native burial sites that sure, have been yeah. just mowed over and, and built places like this on top of them. Yeah. But, you know, that's bound to happen to regular cemeteries, too, at some point. That's true. When we run out of room. <laughs> yeah, they're going to just start developing, and they'll only move the headstones, and yeah. then Craig T. Nelson will yell about it. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson. Uh, it, yeah. Creepy. Creepy stuff. And, you know, it makes sense that the Catholics are behind this. It makes sense that the Catholics are behind this. Fucking Catholics. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we do tend to ruin. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's going to show up on the mic. But huh? I said I don't know if that'll show up on the Probably mic. Probably not. Okay. You can do ADR. Is that what it is? We're not going to do ADR. <laughs> I'm worth it. My commentary matters, damn it. I'm holding your baby. Be careful. Are you threatening my baby? Are you threatening me? Get that. <laughs> That'll get recorded. <laughs> but I'm no better now. Here in my tower. All right, so that person yelling from the other room uh, just happens to be the only person I've ever met who fucking loves the uh, 1997 Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst classic, <laughs> The Goose. Tower of Terror. Well, who doesn't love a little Gutenberg? You know? Mahoney. <laughs> Mahoney. Okay, now I've met two people. <laughs> Mahoney, the guy from Three Minute Baby. It's great. Great stuff. Was he in Short Circuit? He was in Short Circuit. Yeah, see? <laughs> I like Short Circuit. Johnny Five, you know? No disassemble. Yeah, fucking eight. <laughs> but the reason I bring up this piece of uh, cinematic mastery is because <laughs> it is being remade. Not really, but they are making a new film based on the Tower of Terror ride at, Uni or at, at Universal Studios at Disney World. <laughs> That's right. It's still at Disney World. It is at Disney World, uh, but not Disneyland. The one at Disneyland is now Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. That is correct. And we saw the... You'd been on the regular one, right? The Tower of Terror one? No, the, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. How different was it, the Halloween one? It's quite different, actually. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't. I didn't pay enough attention to like the up and down and side to side to know if the, all the motions are the same, but mm -hmm. the like the video screen that plays is quite different. Got it. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show, but I think we've talked about it before that Disney is like just starting to make 
properties out of all their rides now. They're yeah. working on a Space Mountain ride, uh, movie. They're obviously Jungle Cruise is about to come out. Um, they I think, already made I think Ma- Walker. <laughs> I think Matterhorn is being made into a movie. Yeah. Um, all because of Pirates of the Caribbean, just making all the money. Yep. And haunted, haunted Man- did you say Haunted Mansion? Oh no, they're yeah, they're making an, another Haunted Mansion movie. Um, that's right. That's probably why we talked about it on the show. But now Tower of Terror is the latest. Uh, John August has been tapped. Oh no, this John August was previously tapped to write a treatment about five people in a posh hotel, posh hotel who take an elevator and disappear after it's hit by lightning. Uh, that version never got made, obviously, but there's a new version with Scarlett Johansson, uh, to star and produce via her, these pictures banner. That's a interesting career move for her. Yeah. I think, I mean, I mean, obviously her, her Marvel career is pretty much over. Yeah. I mean, they got the, the Black Widow movie coming out soon. But after that. She... Yeah, I already know how that ends. Oh, really? Yeah, thank you, Zach Braff. Oh. <laughs> From uh, Fake Doctors, Fake Doctors Real Friends. Friends. Yep, he pretty much spoiled it. What an asshole. He like acted like he was trying not to, but it, it, it was like, he was like, I don't want to spoil anything, but da 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 Let me spoil this. <laughs> Fucking Braff. Maybe you should listen to a real podcast and find out how not to spoil movies. Yeah. Or say spoiler alert immediately before you do or immediately after. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So before you start thinking, oh man, it's going to be like dark and gritty and creepy and they're going to be like, you know, go full Twilight Zone with it. Uh, Josh Cooley, who was a writer for Toy Story 4... (laughs) It's currently penning the script. Well, then. Why do they take these properties that are uh, horror-oriented and go goofy Super kitty with them, yeah. yeah. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean, which the ride itself is kind of hokey. It's fun, but I think a lot of that has to do with nostalgia. Yeah. Um, But they made, uh, you know, at least two really good movies. (laughs) The rest of them... Or just dumb, but you know it where it had its uh, you know comedic elements and, and comic relief. It was a very straight, very action action film. Yeah, know? and I mean Jungle Cruise looks to be very action oriented, right. which is weird. Like I I watched the trailer and I was like, this just looks exactly like another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which is fine because fucking rock. fucking Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking. I need puns from Dwayne though. That, like that's. I want the movie to be mostly just Dwayne making puns. He's so good at it. <laughs> and that's the whole Jungle Cruise gimmick is puns and. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he does it. He has to. Like what? What kind of asshole? Like first of all, he dresses like Popeye in the movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what kind of asshole writes that movie? It doesn't include puns from the ship captain, especially if you're going to cast Dwayne. It's like pull your finger out of your ass. That's what I say. I say pull your finger out of your ass. I love that I'm calling him Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, um, when he's president, do you think he's going to go by President Rock or President Dwayne Johnson? Uh, president Dwayne the Rock Johnson, obviously. I just call him Rock. I'm going to call him President Rock. <laughs> president the Rock. <laughs> Jericho used to always refer to him as the Rock to his face. <laughs> um, there is no director formally Fuck attached. <laughs> Uh, no director is formally attached, but Disney will reportedly aim high, according to Deadline sources. Aim high, Willis! 
Um, so what? Spielberg, Carpenter, not Carpenter. Who's the Avatar jabroni? <laughs> Cameron. Cameron, that's the one. Or they could get like uh, fucking the Russos. They already work for. They already work for them. That's true. That, that's even pretty high. Uh, also known as the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the attraction is a drop tower dark ride that was launched at Disney's Hollywood Studios in July 1994, subsequently being added to Tokyo Disney Sea, Walt Disney Studios Park, and for a time, Disney California Adventure, like we said, but later changed to Guardians of the Galaxy. Was that? Was that? I, th- I thought they added that to California Adventure first. I didn't know it was other places first. Apparently, it was in Orlando first. Well, goddamn. I'll be goddamned. Um, uh, according to Wikipedia, the ride places riders in a seemingly ordinary hotel ele- <laughs> elevator and pre- present the riders. Oh, present the riders with a fictional backstory in which. It's hot. <laughs> so hot. It's so hot. <laughs> I was like, that should be presents. And then I read the rest and I was like, no, it shouldn't. Just read how it says, idiot. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, moron. <laughs> and present the writers with a fictional backstory like in which people <laughs> have mysteriously disappeared from the elevator under the influence of supernatural element many years previously. Can't confirm? I cannot. I've never been on the Tower of Terror oh, one. Really? I thought you had. No, I've, I've never been in Disney World. Uh, oh. Well, I, I thought you had when it was still at Disneyland or something. Nope, by the time I went on it, it was already Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, fucking A. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I this is going to be PG-13, I'm sure. Oh, if, yeah. Like, I think all the Pirates movies are PG-13, so it's going to be... Like, Tomorrowland was PG, but that also tanked. <laughs> was, I never watched it, but it looked real boring. But, I mean, it had Clooney. It did have Clooney. Which you thought, or you would think would, uh, like... Make it do really well. But then you look at something like Batman and Robin, which... <laughs> no. <laughs> tiny, tiny gay Batman. <laughs> look at my tiny little bat nipples. Um, I don't even know what it's about. Like, How do you make a movie out of Tomorrowland? Like, all of Tomorrowland. Uh, I think, like... It's like this futuristic society that... I don't know. You, it's like Neverland, I think. Sounds dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do well. <laughs> you got to you gotta zone in and just do like specific rides. Yeah, man. So yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see like how dark they go with this, how how goofy, how kitty it is. But how yeah. they, one of the guys from Toy Story writing it, I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean. You know, but I remember being like, Jordan Peele writing horror. Get the fuck out of here. For sure. But, I mean, you know, you look at something like Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy and where they could have skewed very horror, you know, but still kept it, you know, family-oriented. Yeah. Family-friendly. Uh, yeah. Well, he just went straight goofy with it. Yeah. I mean, you, you get somebody like Eddie Murphy, you kind of have to. Well, right. Um, but still, I just, I don't want to see them do that again because... No, I want GDT's Haunted Mansion Well, yeah, with Ryan Gosling. Well, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, Tower of Terror and, and any of their properties. It's like, fucking do it right, you know? It's like, people don't want to see these goofy little, you know, kiddie movies. It's like, make it something that everybody in the family can enjoy. Yeah. But stay on brand. Yeah. 
It's like, you know, people aren't going to bring their, you know, fucking infants or even like, you know, three-year-olds to see uh, Tower of Terror, regardless of how, you know, kid-oriented it is. Yeah. So just make it for some for your target zone. Make it for like 10 to 40. That 18 to 39 demo. That's the key. That's well, key know. demo. Well, you know, it's rated R stuff. Which, you know, is ideal in most cases. But. Well, yeah. Anyway. All right. Disney. Hey. Speaking of Disney, I still need to make something out of my bibbity boozity book. What? <laughs> um, Kevin got me this. It got me this book, and it's called Bibbity Boozity Book, and it's all the cocktail recipes from Disney World and Disneyland. Oh. But they're all like, like they have like two or three like super specific ingredients in each one, and I'm like, I'm not gonna buy a bottle of this stuff yeah. for one drink. You know what recipe I would love to have, and it's like. It's probably something so innocuous and simple, uh, but the fucking churros, man. I want to know exactly how they make those churros <laughs> so I can make it at home. Because I found this recipe online that claimed to be, actually, I think it was on like a Disney website. So th- like claimed, Disney owned? Yeah. Or, you know, Disney operated. Um, it was a, a website saying that these are Disneyland churros. I made them. They're not fucking Disneyland churros. <laughs> It's like they turned out, they tasted like, you know, typical churros. But not Disneyland churros. not churro. Disneyland churros. So you didn't have 10 of them. No, I didn't have 10 churros. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing we ever did. Oh, man. I don't know why I joined you in that. I was like, this is Tony's journey. I don't need to be on this. <laughs> <laughs> this is just something I got to do. Um, it's like when you go to Joshua Tree and your friend brings on mushrooms and you're like, you don't need to do it. Right. <laughs> But you do, because you're friends. And you're with Eric Roberts. <laughs> and Eric Roberts is there, and he's scary. <laughs> he makes you pound the stone. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I did get... I, uh, well, I told you about this, and I shared some of it. I got the Trejos Tacos cooked. Oh, yeah. I yeah, did. I saw your photos of the, the fried chicken yeah. burrito. Yeah, it's like I made it, and it was good, but it wasn't the same. Didn't have that Trejo love. Yeah, I don't feel like I felt like I didn't have Danny, you know, all up in it. <laughs> we saw that uh, I don't remember who it's for. It's a commercial with Robert Rodriguez, and I was like, "Hey, it's Robert Rodriguez." And she's like, "I don't know who that is." I was like, "He's a director." I was like, "Name one Robert Rodriguez movie." And we were folding laundry at the time, and I just happened to pick up my Danny Trejo Trejo's Tacos shirt <laughs> at that moment. And I'm just kind of like subtly showing it as I'm folding it, and she's like, "Spy Kids 2. And I'm like. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Interesting you went there. Um, yeah, it's like I, I was telling my wife, it's like, you know, this is good, but it's not the same. But you know what I really want. <laughs> it's just like, it's because because you made it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's always better when somebody else makes it. So I think. Especially I, when that person is Danny fucking Trail. Fucking hey. Daddy Trejo shows up early in the morning, like three in the morning, every single day. 
And he goes to all of his locations in the Southern California area. And he personally hand makes all of the carnitas, all of the barbacoa, all of the fried chicken. And he gives it his own special brand of love. And that's where the magic comes from, everyone. <laughs> it's like a Hispanic Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> or like those, uh, the, the, um, the elves that, that make the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, back to the point. <laughs> Actually, this isn't even a point. It's completely different. Um, so th- uh, this year, um, yeah, earlier this year. This year's already been so long. It feels like it was last year. Um, Supernatural uh, wrapped up its 15-year run. 15 years. That's wild. Shows just don't make it that long anymore. No. Um, but, you know, when you have... Um, I mean, a, a passionate fan base who who loves the show, and you have creators and and a core cast that love the show um, and stick with it through the long run, and, and you know give it give it their all. You know, you you make a good show that people will keep coming back to, and I think that's how it lasted so long. But you know, it's they were very conscious and and. Um, Wide-eyed about the idea of going out on a high note, they didn't want to become, you know, overstay their welcome and become stagnant. So they ended the show consciously, um, knowing that they're going to go out their way rather than being suddenly canceled, not being able to finish a season. Um, but uh, news has come about that Jensen Ackles, who played Dean Winchester, uh, and his wife Johnson, what Johnson Johnson. <laughs> Uh, and his wife, Daniil, or actually, I don't know if it's Daniil or if it's Danielle. It's spelled Daniil. Um, but he and his wife and their production company are gearing up with, uh, with CW to make a prequel series titled The Winchesters. Uh, this show, rather than being about Sam and Dean and their adventures, is going to be about John and Mary Winchester, their parents. Who have made appearances on the show before? Um, uh, John, uh, older John Winchester was played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan for like the first two, three seasons, um, and you know, guest spots down the line. Um, I, f- I can't remember the actress who plays Mary. Um, Samantha Smith. You know, that's probably right. <laughs> Um, yeah, yep, yep, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I suddenly remembered. Um, yeah, so this is going to be, because uh, they were, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, because I, I don't want to get into the, the, the thick of it, but um, basically, Mary was raised in a family of hunters. John wasn't. He, and to my knowledge, he didn't really become a hunter until Mary was killed by a demon. Are there names, John and Mary, like biblical, like on purpose? I mean, maybe behind the scenes, but it's never really made anything. Um, So, yeah, and, you know, John becomes a hunter and raises Sam and Dean to become hunters. Uh, so I'm not sure how the show's going to work. I'm not sure if like Mary's going to be maybe leading a secret life or something. 
um, or if they're going to retcon it. Uh, the story is that Dean is going to be narrating the show, uh, just kind of like as a retrospective. Um, I mean, yeah, we have to presume that Sam and Dean will not be making appearances in the show. Um, although they did travel back in time at least twice. Oh. And interacted with John and, and Mary at one point. Um, Mr. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, we had this idea that the guy goes back in time and tries to fuck his mother. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> um, he doesn't get to. He doesn't get to. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so that's where we're at. Uh, it's been worked on. Uh, you know, I was I was talking to my dad about this this morning, and um, it uh, there have been two. Um, Supernatural spinoffs that have been attempted in the past, and both of them. Uh, yeah, what was that one with the the sisters or whatever? You said, "Oh, he got their ass kicked." Yeah, Wayward Sisters, led by Detective or by Sheriff Jody Mills, who gets her ass stomped in every single fucking episode she's in. She's like a human punching bag, <laughs> and she's supposed to be training these girls to be hunters. <laughs> Fuck out. <of> <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, there was one that they tried to make um, years ago. There was a spinoff, like a brother and sister. I feel like it was called like Bloodlines. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but like they did like a kind of a backdoor pilot on an episode of Supernatural. And like, I think they tried to like do do test it with audiences and basic people are like, "Mm, no, (laughs) nope. Don't like that. And I Plus, there's already like 47 different projects called Bloodlines. <laughs> um, and then I think uh, the Wayward Sisters thing was just so poorly received. <laughs> Terrible idea from the jump. Um, but, you know, the fact that this is being fronted. See, I feel like those were projects that were trying to be like either you know, money-making ventures by CW. Um, whereas this is being, you know, led by Jensen Ackles, who... Jenkins? Johnson? Is that your first name? (laughs) Um, Remember to that party and we made that girl call him Cowboy? (laughs) Oh my god, he hated that so much. We made him wear that stupid hat. (laughs) (laughs) He was wearing him in our first band pictures. Okay, guys. I'm only saying this because I know he doesn't listen to the show. So I can talk behind his back. <laughs> I'll right. say to his face. I don't care. <laughs> well, he was our, there. He knows. One of our best friends, Jensen. We started a band way back when. Um, and he was he was our lead guitarist. And his last name, I, I won't mention it on air, but it uh, was similar to Cowboy. I think it was Taylor that came up with it. We just started calling him Cowboy. They're like, he's like, you need a nickname. <laughs> We're gonna call you Cowboy. And so we, I don't know where the hat came from. I don't remember. But it was he, a black straw cowboy hat with green flames on it. 
No, I'm thinking of a different hat. The first one I started wearing, it was like this suede. It wasn't even like a like a Stetson. It was it was like a fedora almost, but it was too small for his head. Oh yeah, and he took like our first ever band pictures we took. He was wearing it. God, I wish I had that picture somewhere. Um, no, I was talking about the cowboy hat we made him wear. Right, he has Brett Michaels hat. Yeah. <laughs> Did we make him buy it? Possibly. <laughs> we were like, you need to buy this. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. He spent his own money to buy this fucking hat he didn't even want. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Uh, we love you, Jensen. Oh, man. Okay, so the Winchesters. No uh, no start date in sight as of right now, but yeah, like I said, Jensen Ackles and his wife, uh, Danielle, or Danielle, um, it, it's being produced under their production company. Um, Supernatural executive producer, Robbie Thompson. Uh Robbie, you're Rob. You're you're in the credits as Rob. <laughs> I was thought it was Rob Thomas too. Oh wait, you know what? I'm probably thinking of somebody else. Then you're right. It is Rob Thomas because I always would make some kind of smooth reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he because is writing and you know right now, man, it's a hot one. Yeah. <laughs> like seven inches from me, dear son. All right. Winchester. Smooth, so soft and smooth. <laughs> I don't know any more words. All right, so as most studios do, Nowadays, uh, MGM started going through the archives and went, 40 years, this needs to be remade. Mm-hmm. And that movie is Blackula. <laughs> I, I think it's funny that MGM, even though they have gone tits up and have been frantically trying to sell off all the rights to their movies, uh, they're still like making stuff. And remaking. Yeah, I mean, I guess they have to if they plan to ever make anybody, but still... Uh, yeah, this is coming from MGM, Braun, and Hidden Empire Film Group. Braun has nothing to do with LeBron. I was wondering. He has a film studio, but it's not. that's not it. I don't remember what it's called. It's probably not called that because there's already one called Braun. He's like, probably. Damn it. God damn it. Can we buy the trademark? Uh, according to Variety, Dion Taylor. Who, We're going to call ourselves LeBron. We're going to call ourselves The Braun. <laughs> which, of course, is what LeBron is Spanish for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dion Taylor from The Intruder is on board to direct and is also co-writing the script with Micah Rainham. I don't know what I don't know these people are. Um, <laughs> according to Variety, the new film is a modern reimagining of the 1972 movie directed by William Crane and starring William Marshall as Blackula. The reboot picks up where the original saga left off after the 1973 sequel Scream Blackula Scream and will be set in a metropolitan city post-coronavirus pandemic. I can't imagine this movie playing to a modern audience. Like, regardless of how you present it. 
also, also, it sounds like a sequel. Like it's it's not really it's not a remake. It's a sequel. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I guess that's, that's kind of a reboot. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a reboot in the in the literal sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the original, of course, Blackula is an ancient African prince who is cursed by Dracula after he fails to agree to end the slave trade. Blackula is entombed and awakens 200 years later, ready to avenge the death of his ancestors and of those responsible for robbing his people of their work, culture, and heritage as they appropriated it for profit. You know how I know this movie isn't as woke as they think it is? Because it's called Blackula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Dion Taylor said in an interview with Variety, Blackula is arguably one of the most prestigious black franchises and so important to the culture as it birthed a groundswell of black exploitation horror films, which changed the game for how our people were seen on the big screen. Was black exploitation a good thing? I mean, like, I feel like by definition, being exploited is is not a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I I was of the mind. <laughs> And I am obviously not in a place to make the decision for black people, obviously. But if it were me... Because I he's would, white. I am white, <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> uh, but I feel like uh, something like black exploitation is not necessarily painting black people in a positive light. And maybe not something you really want to propagate. Well, yeah. I mean, like the movies like... Um you know, black tornado and those ones it just, it like, it felt like they were making fun. Yeah. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. Like, like you said, we're, we're dragon. We're not in a place to really make that decision. And, and yeah, I mean, representation is important. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know if, if it's, if they feel like it advanced their culture and stuff, then more power to them. I guess. Yeah. Be interesting to see, like you said, playing to a modern audience, um, it's very it's gonna be very interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be like the Blackula, um, I mean, yeah, like it definitely like, sounds like it's the same Blackula. Yeah, uh, then I mean, the backstory is the same. Dracula made him a vampire and said, "I'm going to call him Blackula <laughs> because he's like me, but black." Right. <laughs> Uh, that Dracula, he's a clever one. On fire. <laughs> you know, 300 years of wit. Um, uh, I'm not in a place to make a decision about this, or, you know, pass judgment, I mean. But it seems like it's not as much of a good thing as they think it is. <laughs> I mean... I think it's ultimately going to be down to who's pulling the strings and sure they need to make sure that it's not some, you know, white guy in a stuff suit sitting up in his ivory tower. On his toilet made of gold. <laughs> his bed built for a king. <laughs> if we should live forever. More vampire news. Ah, ah, ah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, I think we've talked about this in the past. We have indeed. Um, but the TV series 
based on Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Wait, now, so is it the vampire or a vampire? I think it's the. I mean, it, it, I mean, I don't think it matters. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Regardless, uh, the series is coming to AMC in 2022. That's next year, guys. It is the. I thought so. Um, it's a specific vampire. Right. Well, I mean, because there's the vampire that he's doing the interview with. Yeah. But it's not just a vampire. Uh, it's, that, it's, that it's the vampire. <laughs> but that implies there's only one, which is a misnomer. Well, sure. But I mean, you'd say like, oh, yeah, I'm doing an interview with the vampire. I'm doing an interview with the basketball player because I've only interviewed one. <laughs> but you wouldn't say I'm doing an interview with the basketball player because people would say, which one? <laughs> Well, yeah, because there are more. But like, if it's past players. tense, then sure, you can say, yeah, you know, the interview I did with the basketball player, and it'd be like, oh yeah, well, Tony only interviewed, you know, so and so, so I know which one that is. Well, I mean, but if it's future tense, then it just gets all. I'm like, is it LeBron? Is I it mean, Muggsy Bogues? <laughs> I, well, I mean, interview with a vampire is like 30 years old, so <laughs> so it is past tense. <laughs> yeah, now. Well, I mean, it was when they made the movie, too, because the book had been out for, like, ten years. Also, wasn't it, like, a flashback? Most of the book was, yes. But wasn't the movie also? Wasn't Ethan Hawke or somebody, like... Brad Pitt? No. Who did the interview with the vampire? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, Christian Slater, same person. Uh, I think Christian... Somebody else was supposed to play Christian Slater's part. He was Ethan Hawke. I mean, maybe. It might have been Ethan They're interchangeable. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, I mean, like, Christian Slater, Ethan Hawke, and Skeet Ulrich. They're all the same person. <laughs> Secretly. Skeet's blonde, though. Is he? Isn't he? I don't think so. No. Who am I thinking of? Oh. <laughs> Brad Pitt? <laughs> Dolph Lundgren? I don't know. I don't know. There are a lot of blonde people in the world. <laughs> Could be any number of them. Uh, Deadline is reporting that AMC has given the green light to a series adaptation of Interview with the Vampire which is being planned at this time as an eight-part series, uh, which is pretty standard for a cable series. Eight, yeah. Eight, uh, eight episodes. And if it um, takes off, they'll might, they might bump it up in season two. Yeah. Uh, Roland Jones from Friday Night Lights is creating, show running, and writing the series. Uh, Deadline is saying that the series will launch on AMC and its sister streamer AMC Plus in 2022. Everything's uh, Plus. Everything's plus. You got to plus everything. Yeah, they're not. It's, it's not creative at all. No, it's like NBC, Peacock. Yeah, yeah because their mascot's a peacock. Because we Peacock NBC, <laughs> or we Peacock Peacock. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do it. Disney Plus, ESPN Plus. I think is there a Hulu Plus? Uh, or is it just called Hulu Ad Free now? I don't know. I think I swear it used to be called Hulu Plus. I'm pretty sure it did. But yeah, uh, what else? There's, um, I think there's a Fox Paramount Plus. Plus. Paramount Plus. Like, be more fucking creative, guys. Fucking, I mean, it's everything they got on TV. Plus. Like, Paramount could be Pinnacle. Sure, yeah. Or like Ma Mountain. Sure, it's Mountain. Mountain Channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually better at this. <laughs> uh, and of course, yeah, Interview with the Vampire uh, focuses on um, 
story of uh, Louis the Vampire. <laughs> or Louis. However you want to call him. Lou. He's Sweet Lou. He's <laughs> He's French, so it's Louis, I guess. Sweet Lou cleans no man's poo. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, uh Vampire's Louis and Lestat. Uh you know, the time of their conquests over the course of like a hundred years or something like that. Uh, and of course, yeah, it was a 1996 feature film directed by Neil Jordan with Good Brad stuff. Pitt. Hmm? With Brad Pitt. With Brad Pitt. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> and Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Why stuck inside the maze? All right, many times on this show, I have sounded the alarm. I have reached out and pleaded for more horror game shows. Something I never thought I would say, Blumhouse to the rescue. <laughs> uh, Blumhouse... Well, that felt dirty in your mouth. It did. I need to go brush my teeth. Like when you... Uh, I don't know. Like when you... Eat something and you just got like a coating of grease in your mouth, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like when you wake up the next morning and you find a beer and then you take a swig of it and you're like, oh, why did I do that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blumhouse Television is developing a horror competition series called, tentatively called, Escape the Maze. Um, Blumhouse Television, of course, previously responsible for Elevator, which was pretty entertaining. Uh, unfortunately, the hosts were. Uh, Terrible people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've said it before. They should just bring back Elevator and let us host. Sure, yeah. We're charismatic. Yeah. yeah. We would sit there and just like make jokes about Jensen and things that people don't understand and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, why are these guys the host? I don't understand anything they're fucking talking about. And we'll press a button and be like, doom. <laughs> and then we drop like, like hot syrup on people. <laughs> People be like, how is this a game? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Silence. <laughs> Who even are these people? <laughs> um, so this is coming from Blumhouse Television and ITV America. According to Deadline, the series will follow ind individual competitors who have been locked inside a dark and mind-scrambling labyrinth designed by maze architect Adrian Fisher and the Premier Mission Group. Oh, those guys. Encountering sure. a range of physical and psychological challenges devised to make the experience both frightening and frustratingly difficult. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> Doom. <laughs> um... Yeah, like if we were the host of this one, like people would just go the wrong way. We'd just be like, no, dummy. <laughs> and then just drop on syrup on them. <laughs> it's our calling card. <laughs> now you look like pancakes. <laughs> Release the hounds. 
What? <laughs> at least, at least some of these jokes actually have like wide ranging appeal, though. Instead of us just being like Jensen, <laughs> we're gonna make you wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> what? How is that a punishment? I mean, the story about us making pay for his own dumb hat—that's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um. The companies are currently taking the project out to buyers. This is the first project in a multi-year deal between Blumhouse and ITV, which will result in more genre, paranormal reality, and suspense-driven unscripted series. 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 Escape the name, or escape the, escape the maze. Terrible name. It's very generic. Hey, what's this about? Escaping mazes? You know what would be better? Doom. It's going to say Maze of Doom. <laughs> maze of Hot Syrup. <laughs> no, no. We don't tell them about the syrup. That's, that's our secret weapon. It's like, if you hear, if you hear the word Doom, <laughs> it means they're going to drop Hot Syrup on you. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. What they do? I think it's funny. <laughs> like, like what kind of syrup? <laughs> I don't know. Pancake syrup. Yeah, literally just maple syrup. <laughs> oh. Sometimes they change it up and it's like strawberry. <laughs> it's like fucking IHOP. <laughs> God, we're stupid. No wonder nobody listens to this show. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for horror business. And it only took us well, an hour and eight minutes. Really? That felt so much longer. <laughs> I know. We went off. I feel like that may have been a record of tangents for us. Dude, it took us like 15 minutes to get to that fucking supernatural story. <laughs> we just kept talking about Jensen's cowboy hat. <laughs> oh... Okay. Fun stuff. Well, there's only one thing left to do, guys. See. Movie reviews, yeah. <laughs> That's what you meant. That's what I said. What'd you hear? All right, guys, so we have two film reviews, you know, as we do. Yeah. Tend to do that. Uh, and they have nothing to do with each other. No, nothing. <laughs> Not one damn thing. Uh, so, Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Stay Out of the Fucking Attic. Good morning. We're here to facilitate your move. This place is huge, bro. It is four times your rate. It is imperative that the move happen tonight. The basement and the attic are not your concern. This shit is great. Yo, boss, come here, man. What you find? Holocaust experiments.
much more professional. All right, stay out of the fucking attic. Is uh, I mean, it, it's marketed under "stay out of the attic" and "stay out of the fucking attic," and "stay out of the effing attic." Right. Asterisk. 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 <laughs> that's that's one of those words. that's like it's fine to say asterisk, but it's like when you have to say it multiple times in a row, it just kind of becomes asterisk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Especially since we've been drinking. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, this is a 2020 film directed by Jaron Louder. This is Jaron Louder's de- uh, directorial debut. Is it? It is, as a matter of fact. Um, shutter exclusive. It is a shutter exclusive. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of pretense to this, or not, that's not the word, um, pretext, is that what, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm going to drink more, maybe I'll figure it out. Doom. <laughs> um, okay, so, movie centers around uh, three uh, movers. Like, you know, they move people out of, in and out of their homes. Um, and the company is run by uh, Schillinger, uh, or Schill, uh, for, as he's lovingly known. Um, they're all ex-cons. Schill runs the company, and he specific, I think he specifically hires ex-cons. The company is called Second Chance Movers. Um, so... They arrive at their um, at their client's house. It's this big, creepy, um, like rundown house. It almost looks like the murder house from uh, American Horror Story. I had the exact same thought, except in uh, much more of a state of decay. Uh, I think this was down Mexico way. I mean, it, it seemed like it was down in, like, the L.A. area, but I, I really wouldn't know for sure. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so they go into the house, um, and it, it's it's a large house. It's it's It looks almost bigger on the inside than it does on the outside, um, if that's possible. And they meet the owner, um, Vern Mueller, um, and they're just kind of discussing the terms of the move. Uh, Shill has him sign contracts and he says, okay, well, this house is a little bit bigger than we were expected. So we'll, we'll work hard and I think we'll, we'll get you moved out by, the, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and Vern says, uh, that's not going to work. I need, I told the new owners that I'd be out by morning. So I'm going to need you to do that. And Shill says, this house is too big. I'm sorry. There's only three of us. We can only work so hard. And Vern says, well, here's four times your normal rate. How fast are you going to work now? And Shill's just like, sorry, I can't make magic happen. And uh, Imani. Um, she's like, nope, we're doing this. And she's like, I need that money. Um, so Vern hands him, hands Shill another $1,000 on top of everything. This is what do you think now. And yeah, both Imani and Carlos, who are, are the other two workers, um, said, yeah, let's do it. Let's just get it done. 
So she'll say, Let's get that paper. Yeah, she'll agrees to it, and they they get to work. Um, but Vern is just still just hanging out in the house, like hanging out in dark corners and like looking over banisters and stuff. And, Have you ever hired movers? Uh, not personally. It's awkward because that's you literally just kind of stand there and watch them work. Yeah, and you're like, do I help? Do I leave? Like, what what what's the protocol here? Yeah, I've, uh, that kind of stuff. I've always felt like I need to be helping. Yeah, movers. House cleaners, anything like that. It's just like, oh well, let me help you out with that. It's like, no, no, they're you're paying them. Yeah, for that, that's their job, right? Um. Anyway, but yeah, he's just hanging out like a creep. I mean, not not just like sitting, or, you know, hanging out and trying to be out of the way. He's like, like peering over banisters down at them, or like I said, standing in dark corners staring at them, just being a fucking creep. And he's a creepy old guy. He looks like he's a million years old. Um, and yeah, Monty calls him the original Crypt Keeper. Right. <laughs> Which I don't know if he's like, if that was like uh, just a normal Crypt Keeper joke or if she's actually talking about the... Uh, um, the new Shudder version of Creepshow? Well, the, the was it EG comics. Oh. Um, EG? He's... I don't know, but the old the comic books, of t- uh, Tales from the Crypt, where the Crypt Keeper was just an old man rather than a skeletal monster. Anyway, um, yeah, so they're working and working, and something that Vern told them is that in their um, or, so they need to clear out the first and second floors, get everything packed up and moved out by morning. But the attic and the basement, he's going to take care of those. Stay out of both. Stay out none of, the, of your concern, right. he says. Stay out of the fucking attic is what he says. He doesn't say he that. He doesn't say that. Imani says, says that. Um, Someone does say it in the movie. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're just going about their business, getting packed up as best they can. Um Mm, do I talk about their little heart to heart outside? Is that giving them too much away? No, I think that's fine. Okay, so they're all hanging out outside, and they're talking about like, kind of like how prisoners do. Like, what you gonna do when you get out? What are you in for? Yeah, but they're they're talking about how they're what they're gonna do with their share of the money, like bank robbers. Um, and uh, Imani, I forget what she says. What does she say she's going to do with her money? I mean, it's she not, went on vacation? Maybe. It's not of any consequence. It's really not. Carlos says that he's going to uh, put the money into a college fund for his daughter. Noble thing. Um, Shill says he's going to put the money back into the company, try and hire more workers, because he, he wants to give second chances to ex-cons. And buy a new truck. Right. Um or another he, truck. I don't know if he was if he, if he, he meant, said he wanted uh, to f- fix the brakes or something on the truck. Oh. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so he uh, he reaches forward for something and his sleeve pulls up, and that's when Carlos spots a big old SS uh, tattoo on Shill's forearm. How he didn't notice this thing before, I don't really know, but yeah, it's pretty big and you know bold as life. Um, uh, so this obviously pisses Carlos off that he's working for a skinhead, and Shill says, "I'm not, 
I'm not about that life anymore. Right. I, I needed protection in prison, so I got this tattoo. I, you know, I linked up with the Brotherhood. And he, ba- he basically says that you know the, the the only reason I have it is I got it in prison because you know White Power Bill was what <laughs> <laughs> was my was my daddy. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, so Carlos doesn't take this well. And Imani just says, look, you know me and you know that I would not have brought you onto this job if I didn't trust this man with my life. He's, he's, that's, that's behind him. He doesn't live that life anymore. He doesn't believe in all that shit anymore. And so they kind of come to an understanding, um, uh, Shill makes a joke about how he should spend some of his money on tattoo removal. Um, anyway, so they go back in the house and they're packing up and Shill is just kind of exploring the house and he makes his way up to the attic and he's about to open up or he's like, he's looking at the door. There's a big padlock. Yeah, and he, he's looking somewhat tempted and that's when Burn shows up and says, you know, uh, you know, you don't need to be up here. Um, well, but there was some kind of like Nazi symbol on the padlock. Yeah, and, and that's Vern was just like, oh, you you recognize that, don't you, or something like that. And yeah, <clears throat> Vern kind of pieces together that Shill has a has a history, right? Uh, but Vern, you know, Vern Mueller, he's obviously German. He has a German accent. Um, he seems like a very old school German. Um, Uh, I'm trying to remember what next without revealing too much. Um, things just start getting weird in the house. Um, Carlos finds uh, finds Werner's little collection. Yeah, his his book collection, um, which details a bunch of like weird uh, experiments on humans, and um, a lot of Nazi propaganda. A lot yeah. of research into. Uh, Mangala. <laughs> I can't. I can't hear Mangala's last name without hearing Richard Kind. <laughs> um. Yeah, and she'll just says, you know, if you, I guess prior to this, she'll says, if you see anything weird, because let me know he, immediately. Yeah, he, he keeps talking about a bad feeling in his gut and like trusting his gut and everything's about his gut. Um, was that was that after he saw the padlock? Uh, yes. Okay, so he knew that, that Werner was a Nazi. Seemed that way, yeah. He says, but if you see anything weird in the house, let me know, because I got a weird feeling, and I don't want to fuck around with this. So that, and Carlos sees all these books, he calls Shill in there, and the and Shill... And Carlos is already convinced that the house is haunted. Right. When they first arrive, he's like, I'm not working in a haunted yeah, house. Yeah, there's absolutely ghosts in there. Yeah. Um, uh yeah so she'll he's looking at these books and he, that's he identifies that it's like a lot of um talk or like the works of Mengele um and uh that's when they kind of decide that they need to get out of the house but then Vern puts the house on lockdown um and releases this mutant that he has apparently created yeah um and yeah and shit just starts going going batty in the house. Yeah, there's like, and there's there's another uh, experiment uh, named Anne that they come across. Yeah, who who is like 
Was it supposed to be an Anne Frank reference? It must have been. Like, it seems too deliberate not to be. Yeah. She can't speak. Yeah. Um, they never really specify why, but I'm assuming he cut her tongue out or something. Um, Couldn't say. They didn't get into it. But um, so they're they're trying to save her from the attic. Yeah. And, you know, there's stuff going on in the basement and the other place they weren't supposed to go in. Um. I mean, we find out stuff about Vern and who he really is and, you know, kind of more, we find out more about Shill's involvement with the Aryan Brotherhood. I mean, as far as spoiler territory, that's as far in as I'll get. Um, and that's kind of the movie in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, What did you think? I had low expectations going into this. Um, partly because of the name. I feel like if you call it your movie, stay out of the fucking attic. You're just trying to draw attention to what is probably <laughs> a bad movie. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't like, I wasn't enthralled by it, but it was better than I expected. Right. Um, you seem like you disagree. Well, it was kind of up and down with me. Um, like at, at parts I was entertained, and other parts you're just like, "What is even going on? Like, why, why am I watching this?" Um, I mean the fact that I think uh, what's his face, um, Louder, yeah, Jaron Louder. Um, I mean he directed it, but it, he was also one of the writers. Um, but, I mean, there were other writers on it as well. Point is, this seemed very much in, like, novice territory. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely low budget and very, very, um, I don't want to say amateurish. That sounds insulting. But, um, it, I yeah, mean, I mean, very, like you said, novice, very, um, you know, like a, a, a newcomer. Inexperienced. Um, yeah, it just... The story seemed kind of clunky. Um, it seemed like it was trying to be more clever than it actually came across. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were definitely a couple parts where I was just like, this isn't necessary. Yeah. Like, yeah. you could have told the same story without these extra plot points. Yeah, and there's like this big twist, this big reveal at the end. But it's just like, we didn't already know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could easily piece it together. Um but I, I also feel that that's one of those things that it's like that, that wasn't necessary. Like you could have told the exact same story without that twist. Yeah. Um, I guess it would kind of take away his motive, but yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's like, I, I just wasn't super into it. Like there are, there are parts that are entertaining. Like the gore was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said, you know, it was very clearly a low-budget movie, but to me, the low-budget element of it wasn't, like, staring me in the face the entire time. Yeah. There are parts where it came through where, you know, either through, like, camera work or um, lighting, uh, just, I mean, you said amateurish is insulting, but I don't think, I mean, if the shoe fits, I don't mean it to be insulting, it's just, it's, it's amateurish. Um, 
it was just it, a, a lack of experience, which is by definition an amateur. Um, so, and I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the the crew that he worked with, and it just I think it's very clear that these things altogether are very indicative of a director who's um, wet behind the ears, I guess you would say, um, and just doesn't really know exactly greenhorn. Yeah, I mean, he just he doesn't know exactly what he wants, so he's probably getting a lot of advice from other people on the set who have different visions, and it just kind of all comes together, and it's a little mishmashed, mishmashed. Um, yeah, the story wasn't coherent enough. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned that there was like plot points that could have been avoided, but at the same time, they weren't like, you know, like we talked about Skull last episode, how there was just like all these plot points, and you're just like, wait, what's going on? Like this one didn't get confusing. Yeah. Like there's yeah there's extra plot points that were maybe superfluous but they didn't like just muddle up the central plot right yeah and you know it didn't didn't do a lot of moving around which is well I think a lot of um, a lot a lot of films like Fatal Flaws is they they try to change locations too many times this was all in one location which is also indicative of a low budget and or you know amateur film yeah um, but. I mean, it worked. I mean, the the house that they were in was suitably creepy for the for their purpose, and so I mean, like I I, I applaud the effort. Just the end product really needed some work. Um, like I said, I had low expectations. I don't know if maybe that changed my viewpoint, and that I was just like. <laughs> If it's not terrible, I'll, I'll enjoy it. Mm. Um, it was funny. She she came in at one point. And she was like, "What's this one?" And I was like, "Stay out of the fucking attic." And she's like, "Direct. I like it." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah, it, it lives up to the name. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to stay out of the fucking attic. Yeah, and if they had fucking listened, then they would be would have been okay. Yeah. Um, and it would have been helping, you know, a Nazi. But I mean, maybe not helping, but. <laughs> Uh, there's there's like points where it kind of leads you to think it's a ghost movie. I don't think I no. got that. Point. Like when when the arm started coming out of the ceiling, I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's some parts where Carlos is in the library too that I think made me feel like it was kind of going in a ghosty direction. The library. Um, the library. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your face is red like a strawberry. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's kind of like, oh, here we go. It's going to be some kind of stupid ghost bullshit. And it's just going to be like last episode where we bitch about how you can't make a good ghost movie anymore. But then they kind of flipped it, you know, and it was these mutants or test subjects or whatever they were. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. Um, and it kind of brought me back into it when I started to get out of it. Uh, the the very, very end, like the last scene. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Was, well, what was the point of that? You're talking about the one after the credits, right? I don't remember. I'm talking about with the door in the basement. Oh, yeah, and nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you if you guys watch it, sorry. Like as you're leading up to that scene, and you're expecting something cool to happen, doesn't. No, it just ends. I don't remember what happened after. I remember seeing it after the credits, but I don't remember what happened. Well, you're at another house, and yeah. I, I remember watching it, but I, I, I'm completely spacing. It's kind of hokey. Like, it shouldn't have been there. All right. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have much else to say. I don't want to just drag this out. So, you have anything else to add? Uh, I mean, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised, which, you know, again, don't take that to mean that I like loved it or anything, but uh, <clears throat> it was definitely better than I expected. But it is very, uh, very kind of green, like a, from a green filmmaker. And, and some of the actors seemed like they were a little green um, when they had to like really kind of emote. It kind of showed some of their some of their flaws. Yeah. But not terrible. Not to the point where it was just like painful to watch or anything. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I made it through it without wanting to pull my eyes out. But yeah. Yeah, we watched some movies where are just like, how is this person, like, how do they get cast in a movie? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so bad. This is definitely not that. Uh, and I mean, there have been movies where I was in so much agony watching it that I was like just praying that I could, that it would end soon because like I knew I couldn't turn it off because I had to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I thought it was, was pretty good. Obviously not going to put that on a poster, but... <laughs> All right. Did you give a number? Uh, five. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with most of your points. But like I said, I mean, it was very uh, indicative of a, of a director who was probably not um, as strong in a leadership role as he maybe needed to be. Um, and this is just my impression as somebody who watched it. Uh yeah, a lot of things needed tightening up. I mean, the plot, not the least of it. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things where it's just like, why? Why is why is this relevant? Why is this happening? And yeah, like like you said, the end where it's just like that makes no sense. It's like I could see you're trying to do something, but it's not working. So take it out. Yeah, or change it. One of the two. So, um, I mean, and there, there was just a lot of that for, you know, an hour and 26, 20, something like that. Uh, 80 minutes, uh, hour, 20 minutes. Huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think there was a lot of improve room for improvement. Um, but I think at its, at its core, there was something there. It just didn't quite deliver. It had good bones. Yeah. Like, it just didn't quite deliver what it could have um i give it a four i will say like the the horror elements of it like it definitely felt like like a, like a horror movie like you could just picture it being in the situation of being trapped in a house with this fucking madman sure yeah um so i said like the the premise was good yeah, um, which is similar but very different to the next movie, Funhouse. Welcome to Fergus's House of Fun, now broadcasting live to the entire world. Old headstone, old money. <laughs> News is entertainment. Politics is entertainment. War is entertainment. And your death, no matter how insignificant that may be, is entertainment. Some will weep for you. Others will laugh. 
But make no mistake, the vast majority of people who watch you die will feel absolutely nothing. In the end, we are all just animals, primitive and self-serving until that very end comes. All right, so Funhouse, uh, we got a, a group of central characters, but our our main protagonist is Casper Norden, played by Walter Skarsgård, um, of the Hollywood Skarsgårds. <laughs> were we talking Which, about that on? I don't think that was on Mike. There are so many fucking Skarsgårds. They just come out of the woodwork. There's like four of them at least. I mean, not counting their father. There was Alexander, who I knew about. Then there was um, it. Um, Why am I told Bill? Is it just Bill? Yes. Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> and, like, those are the two I knew about. But then, and, and you know, the, their father, Stellan, who's, you know, an actor. He's been around for years. But then, like, I was watching Vikings, the, um, the History Channel show, about a month ago, and then another Skarsgård popped up. I, I, Isn't there um, a Peter? Huh? Isn't there a Peter? That's Sarsgård. Oh. My bad. Um, yeah. Then, then, yeah. Then, um, fuck, I can't remember this guy, that guy's name. But yeah, another one in, in uh, Vikings. And then, yeah, then this guy, Walter. And they all look exactly alike. Yeah. Except for Alexander's got the the looks, I think. Oh, definitely. He 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 got the he won the looks lottery in the family, I think. Yeah. Walter's definitely got that Pennywise face. Yeah, for sure. Uh like I said, he plays Casper Norton, who is famous, infamous, uh, for being the ex Gustav. Gustav. Gustav Skarsgård. Uh, Casper is is known for being the ex husband of a famous pop singer. He's he's basically Kevin Federline. <laughs> uh, they had a reality show called Backup Love because he was her backup singer, and now he's. Oh, he looks much older than the other two. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, his bald head doesn't help. But... Right. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, can I finish? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, now Casper is just like he's struggling. He's not getting any kind of work, uh, and you know he's trying to break out on his own and not be known as just um, what was her name, Darla Drake. Darla Drake's ex-husband. Yeah, he he tried to go out on a solo singing career. That didn't, that work, didn't out. work out. And then he tried to be. Uh, an actor. Yeah. A, a Swedish, Swedish Heat. Actor. <laughs> He's in this action movie called Swedish Heat. Yeah. <laughs> Where he uh, plays a Swedish detective. 
And they show like a clip of it, and it's like this cheesy, like fucking early 80s, late 70s. <laughs> it looks like a student film or yeah. something. He's like chasing a guy through an alley. Yeah, and he's like talking all this tough talk in Swedish. And there's like no subtitles, so you have no fucking clue what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, but his agent is like, look, I've, I've tried. I've shopped you around. There's there's really nothing out there except reality TV. He's like, you know, you don't want to do reality TV again, but here's this show called Funhouse that I think would be good for your career. And so finally Casper relents. He says, fine, I'll do the show. Next thing he knows, he just wakes up in this Funhouse. And he's in this weird dimly lit room with this voice saying, welcome to Fergus's House of Fun. Good morning. Get dressed and meet everyone in the lobby. And so, the, you know, the, this drawer opens and it's it's just like a Superman where it's just all the same clothes. <laughs> and they all have this cute little panda bear on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the recurring theme in Fergus's fun house is the Pandas, panda. Yeah, Fergus himself is a panda. Yeah. Uh, so he heads down to the the central area. And we're introduced to the rest of our characters. Uh, James Headstone Malone, who is an Irish MMA fighter. Uh, Ula Lamore, who is an Instagram model. Uh, Nevin Evansmith, who was a... Where was he from? Was he Scottish? Uh, he was English. English. And what was his gimmick? He was um, a YouTube star. Or like a... I don't know if they said YouTube specifically, but a YouTube star. A video star? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, who else? Uh, Jimena Torres, played by close personal friend Gigi Saul Guerrero. <laughs> um, I'm so tight with her. Uh, her. She's basically like... Um, Perez oh, Hilton. Perez Hilton, thank you, who just like shows off these other people and be like, here's why they're shitty. Yeah. Uh, as well as Dex L. Shocker Souza, played by uh, Mateus Retamel, who is another Luchagor regular. Yep. Uh, he, what did he do before he was a singer? Who's um, another celebrity of some kind? He did. He did something that he was famous for, and then he like tried to branch off into a into a music career. And his one single was L. Shocker. Right. <laughs> Fuck, I can't remember. Which is about what you think it's about. Yeah. Oh, and Lonnie Byrne. Um, who she was a, oh, she was a, she was the bride to be from the, the show bride to be, which is basically just the bachelorette. And did you mention cat? Did I? I don't remember. And cat Zim, who, what was her, what was her gimmick? She was a, an actress from what looks like a, a kind of like a knockoff, like CW show. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And then she tried to branch out into doing, and she did like some, Looks like some like shitty action movies, and she's also like uh, a chess grandmaster, so yeah. she's like in like highly intelligent, um, but she has this dumb shitty career. Yeah, yeah. So all these people are like on the fringes of fame, and now they're in this house, and uh, um, Nevin is claustrophobic. Clinically, clinically. <laughs> so he's having a hard time being because they're they're trapped in this house. It's very like Big Brother ish. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, this panda bear 
cartoon pops up on the screens, introduces, Hey everybody, I'm Fergus. And he, you know, tells him the rules, introduces all of them. He says, basically, you know, you're just going to live your lives, hang out with each other. Uh, every day you have to go in the confessional room and do a, do a talking head. Uh, and then the each, is it each week? Or every day that the people vote. Every day. Is it every day? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, on some kind of regular basis, he says fans will will vote on who they want to stay on the show, and whoever it comes in last will have to do some kind of challenge. Yeah. And if they don't make the challenge, if they don't survive the challenge, then they got to go. Yeah. And like they can earn votes through any means necessary. I mean, it's it's just really dependent on how they act in the house, how they interact with their people. Um, Fergus makes it clear that there will be cameras on around the house 24 all hours times. a day. Uh, he said in the bathroom or while you're using the bathroom or taking a shower, you'll be blurred out. But, Unless you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, but you have the option to turn it off. So that's like a way to bolster more votes. Right. Especially when you're someone like Ula. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ula takes full advantage of that. Um, but so they just, you know, they're just kind of hanging out. Uh, Headstone is drinking a lot. Him and Ula start hooking up. Um, but then Ula and Jimena start getting in button heads. Uh, yeah. And like Jimena is, um, she's kind of on the outs with uh, a large portion of the people in the house because she has written about them. At one right. Point. Yeah. Her, her whole job is basically just to, to trash all these people. But I don't know if she's attacked Ula personally or just thinks Ula's trash. So she kind of goes after her. Well, especially when she finds out that Ula was like decensoring herself in the shower and stuff. And she was, right. started calling her a whore and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, her and Dex seem like they knew each other already. Yeah, I mean they're they're both Latin, yeah, or Latino. So or Latinx is I think is the term. I think that's the proper term now. Yeah, um, that's that has no panache. I know it just sounds clunky. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll, not I'll, my word exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So after the first day, um, Fergus pops up and he says. So, uh, Lonnie, right? Was it Lonnie? Yeah. yeah. Lonnie and Nevin are within 1%, so they both have to go do this challenge. And it's the pinata challenge. And, of course, Jimena is like, oh, yeah, that's, that's cute. <laughs> but, uh, Real fucking nice. So they, they blindfold Lonnie, and everyone else goes to the, the viewing room, and they have to watch. And, uh, Wondering if I should say what happens here. I mean, I think you can just say that, like, we find out that these games are, like, life or death stakes. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. When, when Fergus said, you know, you have to survive the challenge, he meant literally. Yeah. I mean, we know this. Um, we know this. Huh? Never mind. You don't watch Saturday Night Live, so you wouldn't get the joke. No. Um. We, as the audience, you know this going into it because at the beginning you kind of see who's behind Fergus and and not so much what his motivation is, but just kind of what he's capable of. Yeah. Um. So you you kind of know going into this already 
that there's going to be some some blood, you know. Um, but naturally, the the housemates don't know that, right? They do after this. Yep. Like you said, they are, they all have to watch, so they immediately know after one time that this this is life or death. This is high stakes. Uh, meanwhile, this is all broadcasting live to the entire world on the internet. Um, and we keep getting shots of like this guy who has a YouTube show where he reviews it and he's, you know, he's convinced that everything's fake. Uh, you know, that we see like some kids watching it. I love the, the like montage when they're showing like all these people around the world watching it. And this is, you can tell that several of those are just stock footage. Oh yeah. <laughs> that cracked me up so much. I don't know why. But I was, Cause it was, it was one of the things where I was like, is this stock footage? Yes, this is stock footage. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's also these guys in like giant paper or cardboard panda heads yeah. that come in there, like the helpers, and they you know make sure that these challenges get done. Um, at one point, you know, Dex is just like, "No, fuck you, I'm I'm out of here." I think he, he breaks a window and he's trying to take off, and the the um, helpers you know take care of him. Yeah, yeah. Fergus makes it very clear that there aren't going to be any heroes here. Mm-hmm. Anybody that tries to be a hero is going to be taken care of. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he has zero tolerance for it, um, including later on when somebody tries to take someone else's place in one of the challenges. He kind of flips the script to make it, you know, pointless. Yeah. Um, and he says, hey, I said there were no heroes here. And that means trying to change up on challenges. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, like I said, people are watching this. You've got this mix of people who like either believe it's fake or they are into it anyways because they're sadistic. And then you've got the FBI is like trying to locate this location. Locate this location. That's a good sentence. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> So that they can they're trying to do so they can bust in and stop it, but they're having trouble because there's some kind of virus in the feed or some other technical jargon that doesn't really make sense. But they're like, whatever, people won't won't think about it. I'm sure they're using like proxy servers and things like that. Oh, yeah, bouncing the signal around, but just the fact that they called it a virus, I thought I was just like, wait, how is it a virus? I don't think you understand (laughs) how the internet works. Um, and yeah, so it's just like every day or week or whatever the, the time frame is. Somebody's getting off in some kind of challenge. Uh, it's a little sawish, um, and at one at one point, Fergus goes on this monologue where he talks about how you know, like these people, uh, they they want fame for doing nothing. They're just shallow and vapid people who don't care about anything other than themselves. And you know, what kind of name can they make for them for themselves before their time is up? And it's all just bullshit. And who cares about any of it? And ultimately, your lives don't matter. And it's one of those situations. He called it the Kardashianization of America. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those situations where, like, when you're watching Saw, I just kind of go, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that bugged me about that was, like, you know, watching the movie, you know, the, the guy that is Fergus, you know, he, he's making, he's doing all this grandstanding and acting. I mean, he's, he's being sadistic, obviously. Um, but... Um, He's acting so, I guess, I guess high and mighty. Um, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? What is his 
motivation for all this. And even once you've once he you know launches into that little monologue of you know why he's doing it and all this and that, it's like still it's like what the fuck do you care? Yeah, like why are you Judge Judy and execution? Yeah. <laughs> but at the end, you kind of get more of an image of who he is as a person. Yeah. And why he's doing it. So, like, I through the entire movie, I was sitting, sitting, just irritated by that. It's like, who's this motherfucker? But at the end, it, it does explain why he's motivated to do this. Right. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'll really get into without giving away some of the finer points. Um, there's really not. I mean, there is kind of a big reveal at the end. Um, kind of similar to stay out of the fucking attic where it's like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, wasn't bad. Wasn't particularly good. <laughs> I, it, it, this is something I feel like it's been done a hundred times. Yeah. Um, I mean, All of them saw movies. <laughs> well, it's like the, the, the idea of people being like tortured or killed online and people voting on it, that element was so familiar to me. And I know I've seen it before, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Like what movie I'd seen that in. Um, and I, st- I still can't, but I know I've seen it. So it's, that's not, I mean, I've definitely seen the whole reality show gimmick of people, you know, either they're in a maze getting hot syrup dumped on them <laughs> or something <laughs> and people think it's fake, but it's, it's all too real. Um, <laughs> doom. Um, the movie slashers comes to mind. Which is like one of those absolutely terrible B movies that I love. <laughs> it's so bad, but I really enjoy it for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah, and this one, it just like it. The whole middle of the movie is pretty repetitive. It's just like here's a different way to kill somebody. Yeah, it doesn't really like amp it up. It, it doesn't elevate each time. It's just you know what it kind of was. It's like a modern day Running Man. Kinda, yeah. Um, yeah, where the whole world's watching and, and voting on whether these people are basically live or die. Some, like like you said, you know, there are people that are like questioning whether this is real or or not. And even if it's not, that it's like in bad taste. But there are other people that are totally fucking into it. Mm-hmm. And you know, at one point, um, Darla, uh, Darla Drake, Casper's ex-wife, you know, she's on the news. And she, throughout the movie, she's done two or three news interviews, just pleading with people, saying this, like you know, Casper is a good man, and he, like you know, even though we're, we're split up, he's a good man. He does not deserve this. Um, and it's like you know, so I'm, I'm begging you, please stop feeding into this. Stop watching. Stop voting. These are people's lives that you're fucking with. But of course, that all that seems to do is just get more viewers on it. Yeah, I mean, you live in the world, you know how that gets fired people. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like at one point, um, Headstone has to, since he's an MMA fighter, he has to be in like a fist fight to the death. Mm -hmm. And there's four different people, and the audience gets to choose 
who he fights and somebody is just like who would vote on this and then you just see the numbers go up into like the 70,000s or something yeah yeah um yeah like like i said i mean it wasn't terrible no it's not terrible like i've i've seen some really really bad reviews on this i think it has a zero percent on rotten tomatoes ouch it's not that bad no it doesn't deserve zero percent no um but I mean, the idea of this winning any awards is a little yeah, a little far fetched for me. Um, so I mean, like some members of the cast, you know, the the, the problems with with it, like ensemble casts um, is you have varying levels of skill a lot of times, especially yeah. in something like this where you where you don't have a bunch of seasoned actors, and you know. Oftentimes, the good actors can, like the really good actors just in the business in general, can also elevate the bad actors to make them look good. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't so much the case. Like the bad actors or, you know, the the weaker actors, I should say, um, really stood out just because they they were like sore thumbs. I mean, um, not that there were any like, you know... um, What's the word? Thespians oh. in the cast. <laughs> At least not on display anyway. Um, of the bunch, though, honestly, I think Walter being kind of the de facto leading man, he was, he was pretty good. He was pretty good, yeah. I mean, he comes from... Hollywood royalty? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, not necessarily good stock but you know yeah i mean imagine with his three brothers You're saying being, there's something wrong with stellan scars guards gear <laughs> <laughs> your gear my fuck, fuck stick, fuck stick. <laughs> he's not gonna say fuck stick around the children is he R.I.P. John Ritter, one love. Um, but I mean, even though there are varying levels of skill and talent, um, the cast seemed to work fairly well together. It, it didn't seem like, um, you know, that they were in two different movies. Everybody seemed to be working well together. Mm-hmm. It's just. Like I said, there are obviously variances in, in acting skill and, and talent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, like, honestly, my biggest issue with it is, like I said, the middle, the whole middle section just felt, like, repetitive. It's just over and over, just different ways of killing people, and it didn't really amp up anything. Um like to the point where it didn't even really feel like a horror movie anymore. Yeah, same way. Like, it was like they all kind of accepted saw. their fate really quickly. <laughs> sure. Um, also, Jimena went from like, oh my God, I can't believe they're making us kill each other to like, I'm going to fucking kill Ula. Like, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think kill or be killed. Yeah, I suppose so. No mommies. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, yeah. 
So I mean, it, it was it was okay. I don't know. That this, I don't think it's something I'd watch again. No. Um, but very from, uh, very unsexual tits scene. Yeah, it was like a sad boner. Yeah, it was like Ula was like, well, I guess this is what people want. So she takes her top off, and you're like, all right. And then she starts crying, and you're like, no. <laughs> like, no, baby, don't cry. <laughs> she had some rocking cans, though. She did. Fucking A. Fucking A. Um, oh, I guess I'm at that age now where I call them cans. <laughs> um. When you start saying yabos, then I'm going to worry about you. <laughs> um, 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 um. The kills also weren't even really, like, creative. Like, at least in Saw, like, you had, like, the traps and stuff. See, honestly, I kind of liked that a little bit. Um, in, like, Saw, you know, you've got these progressively elaborate contraptions that are just, like, just they just kill someone. It's like there's... It's, it's like a fucking Rube Goldberg machine, at, at, you know, at the end. Uh, but, you know, torture devices, the the thing about this movie is a lot of, they were medieval torture methods. Drawn and quartered, there was mention of a Parisian bull. Um, somebody mentioned a pair of, dis, of anguish, or dis, anguish? Dis, discord. I don't know, the pear-shaped thing that they sh- That goes in your butthole? In your butthole or in your in your in your vagina in hole, your, in your wide vagina, <laughs> and they just open it up. Yeah, me and Nesgoda talked about that in our review of uh, whatever that fucking movie was. Oh, did you? Oh, did you not listen? I started to, and then I, I feel like it should be Pair of Despair, but I don't think that's what it is. I want to say it's Pair of Discord. It doesn't sound right. Anyway. A Pair of Despair just sounds like you got the rhyme in there and. It's a whole, uh, whole thing. Anguish. Pair of anguish. We were way off. Did I say anguish? I don't know. You said a lot of things. <laughs> I just covered my bases. <laughs> um, but so you liked that it was much simpler. Yeah, I liked that it was using, yeah, like medieval torture methods because it's like, yeah, I mean, you don't fuck with the classics. But it also didn't have the like redemption possibility of saw because like in saw he's like you know hey you, you're a shitty person stop it or this is going to happen to you like um what's her name shawnee smith's character you know yeah. she ends up turning her life around and this is just like you're shitty people i'm gonna kill you oh yeah i mean that's i mean that's that's what separates Fergus and jigsaw <laughs> Fergus gives no fucks yeah, he's just he's, he's trying to kill you that's all um but also the stakes get lower it feels like as the time goes on because in the beginning, it's like, if you don't do this challenge, you die. And then it's like, if you don't do this challenge, you have to spin this wheel. And then something on the wheel happens. And But there's things on the wheel, like you could pass the buck, which is you put give a challenge to somebody else. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, the stakes are going down. I feel like stakes should be going up. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that, like, you said if you're, you know, the, the top contestants are safe. The lowest contestant has to go into... Um, some kind of challenge, and then ultimately spin the wheel if they don't succeed. But if the if two people are within one percentage point of each other, then they both have then to they go. have to yeah basically Duel. battle. <laughs> um, and so when there are too few people in the house to do that anymore, then you just kind of go right to the wheel. 
But they still had to do a challenge. It's just that they lost the challenge. They went to the wheel. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I thought it was fine. Um, nothing. Yeah, I mean, nothing groundbreaking or, you know, all that interesting. It was it was entertaining for what it was. Um, wouldn't go back to it, though. Pretty decent gore effects. Not so bad. Um, a little more CGI than I than I would prefer, but yeah, I mean, I would prefer none. But them's the bricks. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the top, that it's it's not that good, but I don't think it deserves some of these ratings that it's getting because it's it's getting shit on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was fine. I thought it was decent. Sure. It's like you said. It's probably not something I'll I'll go back to. Um, but you know, for a, for a lark, it was all right. <laughs> oh, here are the IMDb tags: topless female nudity, reality show, check, check, snuff. Mm, okay, yeah, check. Killed by an ex, check. Acid death, check. Beaten to death, check. Video surveillance, dismemberment, yeah. female nudity, and reality. They cover the nudity twice. It's important. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. It, this this was fine. Um, it it's worth a watch. I mean, if you can wait it out to where it's on like a streaming service, or something you don't have to pay yeah, for it. Yeah, it's seven dollars. Yeah, it's a little steep for something of this uh, magnitude. Yeah. But I mean, if if you got that money, then fuck it. Yeah, I mean, if you're you know fucking fucking Elon out there just dropping Dogecoin, <laughs> I don't know how many Dogecoins this is to rent, but is it Doge? I don't I don't give a fuck. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's stupid, is what it is. Yeah, I think that was the point. <laughs> it's funny, like Bitcoin is worth like. Like a Bitcoin is like thirteen thousand dollars or something like that. A Dogecoin is like three cents. <laughs> it's just a joke. But to the moon. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, five, four. Yeah, we, we did a flip flop. We, we did a thing there. We did the Freaky Friday. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they call it. Oh, it's freaking Friday. <laughs> Don't try to justify this. <laughs> I'm you? No. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> You're not even holding a phone. <laughs> oh, I missed that show. I missed when it was good. Yeah, I, I we actually just was... recently rewatched it again, and we got to season five or six, season five, I think, and we were just like, "Nope, done." Yeah, kind of like Scrubs. Yeah, it's like there is no season nine. All right, well, that's gonna do it for the show today, guys. Hope you had fun. I know we sure did. Word. Do. <laughs> Not the hot syrup. <sighs> Why?
<laughs> dying in sweet sticky despair. <laughs> All right. We're going to be back with more of this nonsense in two weeks, guys. Um, what are we going to be watching? I don't know. It's going to be our Patreon picks episode. We're going to let the patrons decide. Uh, if you want to get in on this action, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Throw your dollar on the table. Let us know what you would like us to review next episode. And you better do it or we'll pick for you. Yeah. Don't make us, because it's hard. <laughs> Seriously, if we got to come up with something at the last minute, like, that sucks. Yeah. Usually we just go to Shudder, and we're like, here's something that's free. Yeah, it's free. We don't pay for it. Who cares if it's shitty? <laughs> Which, you know, we love Shudder. There's a lot of great content on Shudder for a low, low price. Not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. But there's a lot of shit on Shudder. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, um, there's a lot of weird, obscure indie shit, too. Yeah, so get hype on that, guys. Uh, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcast, except Spotify. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot, and of course, patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. There it is, there it be, and here we go. So until we see you next time, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs> Dude. <laughs>